Hey Trail Tales RP family. Sean here, just out for a can of cross runs, Luna and Piper. As you know, I mentioned in the past, we're in the Iron Paws stage race, so this is our third run of stage two. We can do up to four runs per week. And uh, right here on snowmobile trails in the Kawartha Lakes, just north of Bob Cajun. And we're having a good run. It's beautiful outside. Gee, we'll go down this road here. Um, however, it's a bit of a challenging run just because the snow, uh, it's been groomed for the snowmobiles, but it's kind of like running in, in loose sand. Your feet kind of sink in a bit, so using up a little bit more energy than normal. And now we're running on like <laughs> ungroomed section of trail here. Just our tracks. Everything's fresh powder here. Kind of tricky though because it's pretty uneven on the ground. Luna and Piper are doing great. And uh, yeah, uh, coming up we have a conversation with Ultra Runner and Town Fitness owner Hannah Sign. Uh, she's a very accomplished Ultra Runner and business person and she's a huge advocate for when it comes to running and getting out to the community and and getting people on their feet and moving so glad that she is our first guest of 2023 oh there's some turkey tracks here all right anyhow um we had a few equipment glitches at the beginning of the podcast so i'm not sure if we missed any audio i haven't come back to edit it yet but anyways me and Luna and Piper will be out here for a few more kilometers anyhow before the sun goes down. And uh, we'll catch you on the side. Enjoy the conversation with myself, Russell, and Hannah Sign. Welcome to Trail Tales ARP. A running podcast for every type of runner. With Sean Soban and Russell the Runner. Run wild. I love the chase and the hunt and I set the pace when I'm running. I always take what I want and I always give it 100. Don't need a bank, no, I'm funded. Play the game like it's nothing. I'm always thankful for something. Don't take for granted, stay humble. Now wake up! It's time to look at the enemy. Look in the mirror if he is no friend of me. It's not working out, maybe it's the chemistry. It's time to break up so I can make a better me. Better believe in your mind cause it's everything. You can hold shape fire. everybody welcome to trail tales arp running podcast with sean sobon and russell the runner hannah sign is joining us today hannah it's great to see you again uh it's been a while so guys yeah great to catch up hannah you're an ultra runner and you're a gym owner in the town of shelburne and you own town fitness which is an amazing gym you offer running clinics uh lots of boot camps and things like that which i've been a part of so uh you're you're a great fixture for the running community and fitness community in shelburne and dufferin county to say the least just doing a little shameless plug here town fitness there we go i love it i'm gonna link i'm gonna link the gym and everything to the show notes for longtime listeners you may recognize hannah's name she was on the show very early and i didn't i wasn't there for that 
initial um, interview. So time has gone by and I thought we have to get Hannah back on the show. And you've had you've had quite the year uh, with yeah. your with your running. So I kind of want to just jump right into that. So let's go back, I guess, to the last Western States. You paced uh, Norman Naden. Yeah. And, and tell us a little bit about that. What was that experience like and what was your training like for that? So that experience took place six months ago and I'm still, I think, on a high from that. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, it was quite it was quite the running experience. So the the lead up to that was I had been training through the previous winter for a, a hundred kilometer race in New Zealand and then an ultra in Australia and then to follow through to Western States, but they both got canceled. So my training kind of changed a little bit, but just still focused on really just keeping up the, the mileage over the weeks. And then I live pretty close to a small ski hill here in um, Wasaga Beach. So I did a lot of um, up and down, like both incline and decline training um, for that. So I really didn't know what to expect. Um, it was it was pretty exciting to be a part of it. But yeah, there's I had a really good base going into it just because I'd been training for other races. You had that great base because you were training for other races. How far did you pace Norm in that race? So in the uh, in the Western States, you're only allowed to pick up at a certain um, pay, uh, point. And so I did the last 62 kilometers with him. I could have gone in a little earlier, but um, it was difficult to get to that aid station. And the original plan was just to pick up at uh, Forest Hill, which we stuck to. So that's that's what we did. So I, I spent just over 12 hours with Norm on the trails. That must have been a phenomenal experience. What was the atmosphere like at Forest Hill with Norm coming in? He's 100 oh kilometers God. into 100 miles. The atmosphere there was unbelievable. And we had um, we had a really great team, his wife, Jody, and Norm, uh, sorry, Will and Anne were there as well. But we also had, we'd met another family within the Auburn community and they came out as well. So just to have support from locals that we'd just met, but were kind of like our new adopted family. It was, it was pretty amazing. It was, uh, it was unbelievable, the actual atmosphere. And it was also a little, it was overwhelming, but I was also a little tired because I was supposed to sleep that day, but I tracked him the whole time on my laptop. So while I was meant to be sleeping and preparing for it, I just, I just had to know throughout the day where he was and what was happening. So, and a couple of times we did lose kind of contact with him or he was, you know, his tracking wasn't on um, the, what they were using. So that was a little, um, upsetting kind of thing like you're wondering where your runner was at all times yeah you would expect for an event of the magnitude of western states yeah that there wouldn't be any issue with regards to tracking that's shocking to me yeah. So it, it is like they have like the number of volunteers, they have, you know, 385 runners, but they have for that event, 1500 volunteers. It's insane. So, so while, I mean, you're running in some bit, pretty big country, um, the it's, it's unbelievable. So they've, they've got to get through the first, you know, like hundred kilometers on their own. So, I mean, yeah, that's why when you go into these races, you've got to be prepared. Like 
you know, you, you really, this is serious business. You know, so many times we sign up for a race without not really putting a lot of thought into that, but it's, it's a pretty serious event. Certainly nothing, uh, nothing to take lightheartedly anyway. No, never. And, you know, maybe back in the beginning when we, when I started running, you know, longer distances and things, you kind of take that for granted. You, you honestly don't know what to expect. Uh, I think you, you put it uh, really well there. There's just so many variables out there. It doesn't matter how much you prepare. There's always oh, something yeah. that you may not yeah. have thought of some sort of situation, right? Yeah. And we always expect it's going to be perfect weather. It's going to be like this great day, but honestly, you don't know until you get there, what's going to happen. And it could be your nutrition. It could be your sleep. It could be your crew, could be weather, it could be mm-hmm. anything, but the, I mean, and on the other hand, that's part of the excitement of these races is that you're, you know, putting it, everything on the line kind of thing. Oh, absolutely. Well, absolutely. Well, I, th- I think most of us pretty, uh, are adrenaline junkies to say the <laughs> least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I yeah. want to ask Anna, so after Western States, now you had some other races you were planning for, correct? Is this, I'm just trying to think back to the timeline. Cause you had that race in Australia, you were, you had your trip so to Australia. Was, was that before or after Western? Yeah, I can't it was before. So I was okay. planning to run um, UTA in New Zealand in Rotorua, um, in Tarawara, sorry, uh, in February. And because of COVID travel restrictions with international runners, that was canceled, uh, I think, just like three weeks out from the race. But I did, you know, I put all the training in for that. And then, so I, I had a backup race, of course, and that was six foot track in Australia. And there's a lot of um, downhill running in that. So I did put a lot of effort into training for the downhill. And then when I got to Australia about eight days out, um, they canceled the event because believe it or not, they had so much rain, the trails were washed out and the river was, it, the Cox River was running so high they um they canceled the event which is huge because this is you know six foot track in australia is an iconic trail trail event so for them to make that decision um you know i know what it's like for you know race directors they put so much into this anyway so that was canceled so i just when i was in australia i just continued to run and train on some really beautiful trails by the way and uh, so returning to Canada I jumped into a local um, 80 kilometer race which was all flat and uh, did that in June so that was just three weeks prior to Western States so that was kind of a nice um, I used that just to gauge how I was feeling and so, cause I just had COVID before that. So I felt really good coming out of that, that, you know, I was able to get the 80 kilometers continuously, um, you know, on a one kilometer track, <laughs> that was a nice mental, um, test. So I felt, I felt pretty good that I had, you know, some good training behind me going into Western States. So it was just after Western States that it all kind of fell apart. <laughs> I yeah. find that project on the track, 50 miles or 80K around a track, yeah. a one kilometer yeah. track, I find that fascinating. I, yeah. I'm curious what, I mean, did you have a time goal for that? Because on a flat track, you you most definitely. You know, it's actually, yeah, like it's funny you say that. Um, normally I would have a time goal, but because I just um, kind of pulled myself together I'd had COVID just three weeks before that. So I really, or actually it was about a month out from that. So I really didn't know how I would react to that. But I also love, 
a challenge and um, there's something crazy about counting and running. And so for me, just to do that one kilometer loop 80 times, believe it or not, I was kind of excited about it. <laughs> you're you're talking to someone who's done a backyard marathon of 4,012 turns. So, right? so I mean, it's, it, the, the numbers game can be, <laughs> it oh, can be different, but it can be exciting. It is. And to me, it doesn't matter the distance you're running, whether it's a training run, how many of us start it? Like if it's a 20K training run, you start, okay, well, I'll break it down into two sets of 10. Then I'll break it down into four sets of five. So, you know, I only have to do 10 loops this way and then I'll change and do 20 loops the other way. And then, you know, you get into it and you're like, wow, 50 loops down. That's awesome. Only 30 to go. And yeah, so it was, um, I, I count all the time when I'm running. I, I don't know what it is. It's like this obsessive running counting thing goes hand in hand with me. So just to recap, Hannah, you, you, we we're just talking about your 80 K on a one K loop yeah, and, and how you're kind of counting. And I wanted just to comment on that saying, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting how we will sometimes try to rationalize these massive distances by saying, Oh, you know, I've done 50 laps. I only have 30 more to go. Yeah. And you try to totally. make something totally. big and small. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's definitely a numbers game. It's, it's like, you know, if you're watching, you know, your pace and your watch and you've got a time in mind and you've got so much more distance to go, you, you're, I don't know about you guys, but I'm constantly calculating. It's, um, you know, what have I got to do? And, and sometimes it's kind of hard to relax and just stay in the moment and focus on the run because your mind is just. You and I have that very much alike. I'm, I'm constantly calculating as well. I'll even often. I have this special mathematical skill of converting kilometers to miles automatically. So, so I'm not great at that. <laughs> and, but, uh, speaking of counting on that note, my first hundred K was in Australia and I was just doing it to finish it. That was my first hundred attempt. I just went across the finish line and it was like around 75 kilometer mark. A fellow runner said, you know, if you keep up this pace, you'll get the bronze buckle. And I said, well, what does that mean? And they said, well, you got to come in under 20 hours. So all of a sudden this, this, oh, I'm just running it to finish it turned into, oh my God, if I can do this many kilometers in this much time and I've got to get up these stairs and around this. So instantly my brain went into converting and uh, I think I made it by three minutes. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So. It's certainly a mind over matter situation, eh? You got that extra motivation. Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> that's incredible so um i wanted to kind of touch upon kind of the kind of the struggles now i think one of the analogies we make often on the show is that you know running and, and ultra running is a lot like life where there's ups and downs and challenges that you have to overcome and you know being being a runner i think does help prepare for when those non-running challenges come to face you but but hannah you've had kind of a, a difficult little while now with with some running stuff which kind of I guess translates into life challenges too when running is such a big part of your life yeah but yeah why don't you fill us in on exactly what happened and, and where you're at in, in progress right now in terms of recovering all right so well the good news is I am in recovery which is great yeah. and I'm on the upswing I feel I'm on the upswing now but coming out of western states and that uh, a lot of that training I had uh, a little bit of an Achilles issue in my left heel so it kind of blew up a bit um, after that race, but I've always been able to manage it. 
And though this time it, it was a little bit angrier than usual. So I took some extra time off. And then I think in the process of limping and, you know, um, not being straight on one side, it kind of triggered an event in my right knee, which I, I, I didn't realize I was developing all along, but it was, um, uh, I discovered over a course of tests and finally an MRI and that's, um, I have osteoarthritis in my patella. So, um, which, which was a bit of a journey to get there, um, to figure that out, um, went through a number of imaging and, and stuff like that and finally got an MRI and I've got a really great sport doctor in um, Toronto and um, Dr. Adelist, if anyone wants his number, he is the best. So um, I did, it, it's really, really been a struggle for me because running is, I feel is my identity. I've embraced it so much. I love it. Everything about it, um, the training, bringing other people into it, watching other people do well, every aspect of it is I, I, I use it for therapy, mental therapy. Um, it's just, I feel it's just a part of me. So it has been a struggle. Um, having said that, I've had some really great support around me, some good practitioners, but the upswing now is that I've had this hyaluric um, injection into my knee and I've actually just started to run again. So big celebration this week. I managed three three minute runs with no pain and then three four minute runs with no pain. Um, so I'm getting there. So I'm getting there. So this coming into 2023 was actually the first year in 12 years that I have not had a registration in a race. So, so it's just little things like that when you think about it. And even if I did have a race, there would always be three or four booked following up that race. So, you know, as we, I know you guys do the same, you've, you've got your eye on a race, but then there's a second race and a third. So this is the first time I've gone into a new year with nothing. So. Must, so you know, must have been incredibly difficult to, after over a decade of being in that yeah. habit of always yeah. being in events and yeah, looking and forward to events to enter this year and to have that massive blow of not yeah. being able to look forward to an event and having to focus on your healing yeah and it's just it's a lot of it was the unknown so I really didn't know what you know I, I have a great physiotherapist and I had some um, shockwave therapy on my heel and um, you know I've got, I've got a fantastic coach Tim and um, you know I've got really great support around me but it's the constant unknowing of what is what is the problem and will you ever run again? And so there were, there were some pretty low days. Um, but, you know, uh, you know, on the other hand, I did throw myself into Pilates. So that kind of helped, but only because I thought, well, Pilates is down the long road, down the, down the road is going to help me with my running. So always, everything always comes back to running. So yeah, as I said, the good news is, um, I'm going to do my third run tomorrow and I'm hoping for four sets, four lots of four minutes easy on the treadmill right now, but I'm feeling good about it. I'm feeling good. In fact, right now, I just had a really great um, um, consultation with uh, Erica Scoby, who does fascial stretch therapy. So normally I have a goal where I sign up for a race and get to that race. Right now, my goal is I'm, I'm working on getting to that goal of picking a race. So I've, I've kind of taken it back a few levels, I guess you would say. 
And so my goal is to get to the point where I can set a goal. I think that's, I, that's what I meant. Yeah. That makes sense. How does that kind of goal orientation attitude kind of help with, with the mental health aspect, right? Because, I mean, I would imagine that being so goal oriented like you are, yeah. you have that, that you're working towards. It kind of takes away from all the other distractions from the, the other goals you've kind of put off to the side right now, right? So you're laser yeah. focused, I would imagine, on, on this next uh, goal that you have, right? So I, does that help up here with, with kind of like all the games that your head can play with you? <laughs> Yeah, 100%. So, so as I said, um, and, and Russell touched on as well, is like, I'm one of the, I, that type of person that always has a goal. Like, I, I love to pick a goal race. And, you know, then there's go, uh, race B and C following up. But I find in my, in my life, um, that to have that goal helps you get there. So there's, you know, you kind of sway sometimes reaching that goal, but I'm very goal oriented, whatever it is I do, but more, more specifically with running. And I think, as I said, that's now such a huge part of my life. Um, so, so then it turned into, well, my goal is to figure out what this is. And my goal is to do the rehabilitation. My goal is to um, not let this, uh, bring me down kind of thing. So it's what am I going to do so that that doesn't happen? And then just over the last couple of weeks when, you know, because the uh, injection hadn't really kicked in yet and you, you put so much emphasis onto this, okay, well now I've got had this injection and everything's going to be better. So even getting on the treadmill for that first time, I think I did like a half hour stretch warm up because I was so afraid to get on the treadmill. <laughs> And to, to start that run, because I, you know, you, in the back of your mind, it's like, well, what if this doesn't work? So, so breaking it down and, and setting my goal as I want to be able to set a goal. That's where I'm at right now. And, and I feel really good about that. That's good to hear. Yeah. How, how is your, how is your Achilles feeling right now? Cause it sounds like primarily right now you're dealing with the knee or is it Achilles still yeah, kind of? No, no, my Achilles is great. Like it calmed down. It's just something that I've had for years, but as I said, it's just one of those things that I've always managed. Um, you know, I've taken care of it. I'm a big believer in taking care of your body as we age, you know, um, back in the day, you might, you know, might've gone out and done a, you know, ultra and then jumped in your car, driven home, whatever, and carried on with your life. But um, as we get older, I'm finding that you you just can't get away with that. And if you want to get more out of your running, you want to do those races, you got to take care of yourself. So I really was, um, you know, listening to my body. And that's why I took the time off when I came back was I wanted to make sure my Achilles was fine. So it just, you know, it used to just get, I think it was just an old injury that would after overuse would flare up and then I would take a break and um, take care of it so, you know I do a lot of stretching and stuff and strengthening through there and so but this time it just uh um just kind of you know when your your body's so balanced and if you're off in one thing it always triggers or goes to something else and I really yeah. think what happened I think yeah it's that it's that kinetic chain right where if something's yeah, off yeah. It, it, yeah. it will affect something else down the line and I'm wondering if this was a bit of a blessing in disguise for you because you know, this kind of highlighted that, okay, you've got something going on with your knee and now yeah. you're getting the treatment that you need for it, right? Yeah. And kind of the rehab and everything. So, yeah. so you can still have many more years of, of running down the road. Yeah. Right? yeah. And, and whatever that running looks like this year, I'm okay with it. Whether, you know, my goal race is going to be a 10K, although Dr. Adelis did say that I do have another hundred miler in me. So fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's great to hear. <laughs> but 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 one on that hand, when we were finishing up at Western States, that you know, I think I'd said a couple of times, if I never run again, I'm okay because this race was just so big and it was so amazing to be such a part of it and such a great team and meet elites and just you know immerse yourself in that whole you know crazy Auburn um Squaw Valley world of ultra that we all want to get to one day I, that was the big joke was I said more than once if I never run again I'm okay because I had this experience and then it was all downhill from there <laughs> it, it's crazy how that happens and with regards to goal setting, I, I've known a couple of other ultra runners who have achieved yeah. some tremendous feats. Erica Goreski, who we've had on the podcast before, yeah. as well as I've spoken with Karen Landers, and they've they've both had some tremendous ultra marathon feats. Yeah. And they've had setbacks with injuries, and they've yeah. talked to me about how it's frustrating for them to know that before they would journey 50 kilometers or yeah. 80 kilometers and now they have to restart with yeah. these micro goals that you've been talking about Hannah yeah yeah so, and so what has that been like for you because clearly you know that your potential is so high and now you're just talking about you have another 100 mile spiritual yeah. journey in yourself and so how how are you approaching that from a mental standpoint and how are you feeling about it all well but if, well what you know you mentioned these other runners and so you you constantly follow up you know elite athletes and and other people in the same field and and it's really nice when you read or you um listen to a podcast or something of someone that's been through this experience and then you realize you know it's not just me it's happening too and then you see and you hear people that go through this as well, and then they turn around and still have great running, um, you know, do some great running down the road and they get back into it. And I just actually read Jordan Wickett's book. You guys know Jordan from Georgetown? Yes, I know yeah. Jordan. I saw him in Halliburton just before moving out here. Yeah, yeah. So he's he was a great one that, you know, I connected with. I haven't actually met him in person, but we've connected through social media. And I just read his book and it was really cool to listen to read that, you know, his um his injuries that he's dealt with and and stuff like that and so it's just it really helps when you listen and and you really um look into what other people have been through you just think pe these people turn up at these races and run great races and everything's peachy and whatever but it's not everyone has a story and everyone has an injury and or everyone has a setback but it's how you how you deal with it to get back there so um, you know, I've had, as I said, I've had really great support. I've got an amazing coach, um, some great practitioners in my life. Um, people like you guys reaching out like that's, that's, and that really, that is a huge part of the, the running is the community. It's um, so, so it makes making those little micro goals, those little, a lot easier when, you know, you get a message from your buddy, Sean, Hey, do you want to do the podcast? I'm like, Oh, really? Cause <laughs> I'm over here not running kind of thing so but yeah just stuff like that or following other people's adventures like I can't imagine the running you're doing out west Russell like that must be so cool that is cool I feel ever grateful to be out here yeah right now I mean the conditions aren't ideal yeah. but I 
still get out there. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Right now, I'm, I'm, my friend is a treadmill, and I never thought I'd say it. I've done many, many long treadmill runs. I think my longest was five and a half hours. But, um, and you know, you dread it, you hate it. But right now, when I'm breaking it down into those little incremental runs, it's like I can't wait to get on the treadmill and run 16 minutes tomorrow. <laughs> I've been primarily focused on the treadmill too. It is that time of year yeah. and it's, yeah. and yeah. that 16 minute run that you're able to look forward to tomorrow. Oh, yeah, so no matter the distance or the length, every run is special. In my it book. is. And it really is. And, and, you know, something like this makes you um, ever grateful for what you've had. Like, honestly, when I look back over the last 12 years, and, you know, I have a bin down, a box downstairs full of medals and, and race bibs. And, you know, you, you pull out your jacket from or your hoodie from some event, whatever. When I look back and I think, wow, those the last 12 years of competitive running has just been like, you know, the people it brings into your life, the places you travel, the experiences. Um, my first treadmill run back after six months um, I did it. It was my three, three minutes. And I grabbed some, I burst into tears when I got off the treadmill and some new member in my gym was standing there and he got the brunt of it. And he was happy to realize they're actually happy tears. <laughs> Wondering why I was crying in the middle of the gym, but yeah. that like was just a celebration. So it doesn't matter whether it's, you know, you get, you get that Boston qualifier or you run that nine minutes. It, you just get so much out of it. That's yeah, beautiful, absolutely. Hannah. That yeah. makes me emotional to, yeah. to see how happy that makes you and, yeah. and you. how meaningful that was to you. Yeah. 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 I remember seeing that post that you had put on there and I just wanted to give you a big hug through the screen and thinking, oh my gosh, because <laughs> I knew you were down and out, but I didn't realize how severe everything was. Right. Yeah. And I'm a hugger. Oh I'm a hugger. So, you know, well, next time I see you, I'll give you a nice big hug. Hannah. Yeah. You should do that. <laughs> you have to do that. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's just, I mean, and that's, that's the running, that's running to me. Running to me is the community. Um, it's the emotions, it's the people you meet, it's the places you go. It's, um, again, it's the crazy experiences, like, you know, pacing at Western States. Yeah. So, and just on a note there with regard to Western States, I was there as a pacer and a lot of times like pacers, we don't, get, you don't get a lot of recognition. And I remember this sign on the course at Western States and it said, paces are people too. And I just like, I'm like that, I will never forget the moment I saw that poster. And then it was so true because at Western States, you weren't just a pacer, you were a runner's pacer, you were part of a team. So if you were ever um, asked, you know, who, who you were there with or what you were doing and you said you're a pacer, the first thing people asked you was, who's your runner? And then, you know, your runner would get asked, who's your pacer? So um, I just felt pacing at Western States was just as big and important and huge as actually being there as a runner. Like it was over the top, like the recognition that we got for being part of a team and part of a support. That was really cool. The pacers were helping them to their vision quest. Yeah, of course. But that was the best. Pacers are people too. I'm like, I will never forget that. <laughs> You got to put that on a t-shirt, Hannah. That's awesome. <laughs> I know. That's what I said. That needs to be on a t-shirt. <laughs> Absolutely. That'd be amazing. <laughs> That's, That's cool. the best yet. Yeah. So I want to I ask a little bit. I want to talk about Town Fitness Runners. So, I mean, yes. 
actually, before we get into town fitness runners, I do want to ask, I'm curious, I don't even know if you have the, the number with you, but how many ultras have you run over your running career so far? Oh, um, I have no clue. <laughs> um, I'm surprised for someone who is so obsessed with numbers. I know, right? It's bizarre. So I know I've done, I've on on the road, I've done 20 marathons. Um, and then I, when, when I shifted into ultra, I just feel that the ultra world is so much more chill and that um, even though I'm counting kilometers or miles on the trail, um, the behind the scenes uh, statistics and stuff like that, I really don't think about. I just think more, to me, it's more um, just get another race. And you, you don't get to do many in a year because of the sheer volume of training and the distance and the toll it takes on your body. That I did realize very quickly. Um, but I've, I guess I've done um, a couple of 12 hours, um, um, a bunch of 50s. I did uh, 100K in Australia. Um, I attempted a 100 miler at Halliburton. It's a special community um, in yeah, Halliburton. That was special. I've done a few in, uh, I did one in uh, Gatineau. I think it was, yeah, yeah, Gatineau. That was um, the Midnight Moose. That was eventful. See, every race has a story. But um, yeah. I, I honestly, I'm going to look that up and I'm going to let you know. And I'm curious, have, have you heard, this is next level, but I, I actually came across this a couple of days ago and I thought of you right away, Hannah. Have you heard of the Delirious West Ultramarathon in Australia? It's two, a 215 mile ultramarathon. No, but let's do it. <laughs> I've, I've been watching Kerry Ward's documentary and he's, he's done numerous 200 mile ultras he's next level he's done moab tahoe bigfoot yeah. and now i'm watching actually i'm near the end of the documentary and he's finishing the 215 mile delirious west wow. ultra in wow. australia well you know what that's what that's what's so cool about ultra running is like the distances are insane the terrain is ridiculous but yet these runners, it's, it's so much all about mental strength and, um, you know, running a smart race, huge. You can't just go out there and wing it because first of all, your nutrition won't support it, but just the mental strength that you have to have for this, that's, that's, mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe that's the biggest, for me, that's the biggest part of it. Like to me, I said to someone once, they said, why do you like it? Like, what's so, what's so great about ultras to me, it's like, when you finally reach that point when you're when you're in pain and you think you can't go any further, that's kind of when the fun begins. <laughs> and the magic, right? Yeah, right. You. That's where it's like, oh my god! It's like I, I, you, I can do this. I can overcome this. Yeah, yes. You know, every part of me aches, but that's 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 the fun. Like that's the bizarre fun part of it. So that's why yeah. I miss. Yeah, I bet. It's to, to quote Arnold Schwarzenegger from Pumping Iron, you got to get to the pain barrier. I know, you right? So you can't be scared of it. You got to get to the pain barrier. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, that's, though. It's so that's where you find your true potential mentally yeah, and physically. Yeah. I, I always like to share that at 115 kilometers and I had 55 left to my dream of it, it happened to be 105 miles. Those yeah. final 55 kilometers over eight some hours it was purely mental for myself oh yeah and it, it was everything 
to my life in my life coming to fruition yeah in order for me to see that journey through and and that's what it comes down to and that's how you realize your potential and yeah that's, that's where the true magic happens and, and yeah and we evolve those, as humans right yeah and in those last 55 kilometers you would have had ups and downs as well like there would have been moments in there where you were just like oh god this is this is not happening and then even in that much pain and getting toward the end you still have those little highs where you're like wow I just took another step <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And they start happening, the highs and the lows, at least for myself personally, start happening more fr- frequently. It's, you know, yeah. one minute you're having a high and then five minutes later, it's a low. Yeah. But, yeah. And then you just keep riding all of them straight yeah. but, to the but, end of your journey. But what about the people you meet on the trails? Like the best? <laughs> Definitely. Well, that for me, it was on road around Essex County. But uh, right. there were some phenomenal human beings who yeah. it wouldn't have been possible. I'd like to give a shout out to my my friend, Dan, who it wouldn't have been possible. And it's yeah. I'm sure you could say the same about your journeys. There's there's people that that you would give massive shout outs to Hannah, who, oh, yeah. who helped you achieve your your dream or your vision quest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where do I begin? I have to give a little shout out to my runner, Norm Nadon. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what, and what so was what, what was the finish like? Sorry, Sean. Okay. Oh, the finish at Western States. Wow. Oh my gosh. Wow. How much time do you have? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> so, so Placer Stadium is like, you know, we how many, like we all watch it on YouTube or whatever the finishes. It's so amazing. But when you're part of it and so the last I don't know, I'm going to say you, you're making your way through from uh, the last, say, eight kilometers. You're, you're in the heat, like you're, you're still climbing up and down and you're climbing up out of a valley, but it's pretty hot when we were coming in. And, um, you know, one of, the, one of my rules as a pace for Norm was that I had to stay behind him, like he had to set the pace. But the closer we got to the finish line, the more I started to edge ahead of him. And uh, I had to keep coming back behind him just, and then you, you, you know, you've reached the top of the trail and you, you get onto that last bit of road where you've got maybe. Roby point. Uh, yeah. Where you, yes. Roby point. And then you have that street going through the neighborhood where all the house, the people in the houses come out and uh, it's insane. And they start chanting your runner's name and um, I start crying. Uh, and then yeah. we see part of our team. Will was there. And then we see, get a shout out from Lucy Bartholomew because I'd been, um, you know, stalking her the, the days earlier before the race. So it's like we were best friends on the course now. So it just is overwhelming. And then, you know, we, we see Jody, Norm's wife, and we kind of move in through this crowd and make our way to place the stadium. And then Norm just really wanted to soak up every moment on that track. Um, as much as I wanted I was kind of screaming at him to move his butt to run home. He just was soaking it up and it was incredible. Like just, it was, yeah, you're definitely part of something big. And then I have to, on a little note there about two weeks after that event, I was laying in bed watching uh, YouTube videos and the American trail running association came out with their little 13 minute blurb of the Western States recap and we made it on there. So it's like, again, I'm like, if I never run again, I'm okay. <laughs> so if you go to that recap, you'll see Jody, Norm and I on the track for about 
four seconds. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, but that yeah, it was over the top. Congratulations on that. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And that's a wrap on this episode of Trail Tales ARP, a running podcast from Sean Solbon and Russell the Runner. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at trail underscore tales underscore ARP. Check out our YouTube channel at Trail Tales ARP. And you can catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Catch you next time. Run wild. Math. When I